Welcome everybody to the Safina Society, nothing but facts live stream. And today it is the Sira of the Quran, which means that we're covering the circumstances of revelation going from Surah Al-Nas all the way up. And today we're on Surah Al-Kafirun. I'm joined by Suhaib from Denver, right? You are from Denver, right? Is it from Arkansas? Arkansas. 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 Yeah. Okay. Arkansas. Studying in Denver. Arkansas. If you ever studied the States, Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> that's just in case any kids out there who need to spell Arkansas. So Surah Al-Kafirun. It's a Meccan surah consisting of six ayahs. Of course, as you will know, ayahs number three and number five are the same ayah. It's it's repeated, but there's no repetition in the Quran that doesn't have a purpose. And as we're going to see, the purpose of that is one is in the present, one's in the future. But the surah came down for a number of Quraysh who came with a proposal to the Prophet. And this proposal is so important because the Milla of Kufr, they, they do the same thing every all the time the milla or the milieu or the mentality of disbelief, it's its one mentality. Whether you're talking about the 7th century or whether you're talking about today, and you're going to see that they're doing the same exact thing as what these Quraysh did. In the past, the Quraysh, they came to the Prophet wasallam said, they said, Oh Muhammad, Umayy ibn Khalaf, Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, all these people. They came and they said, we'll worship your God one year. We'll worship our gods for one year. If you're right, we get the reward and the benefit. If we're right, then you get the reward and the benefit, and we're not at war. We're at peace. What's the mentality here? The mentality, the, what's the basis of this mentality? It's doubt. It's complete doubt. That they don't have actually no certainty in what they're upon. Right? It's almost like, all right, just in case, we'll worship this God just in case, we'll worship this God just in case, we'll worship this God just in case. Right? And who knows what's right? And there's no real commitment to anything. And they're in doubt about everything. And so the Prophet Sallallahu said, uh, God forbid that I ever, uh, uh, an ushrika bihi ghayru. The, would never happen essentially. That's the summary of what the Prophet Sallallahu said. Uh, Seek refuge in Allah that I ever worship any other Lord than him. And then he left them. Next day he came in his usual spot where he recites the Quran out loud and, and, and prays. And there was almost like a place of where he would make his announcements. And he recited Surah Al-Kafirun. Okay. It's like a respectful statement. Oh, disbelievers. Right? Ya kafirun. Ya is for respect. So it doesn't mean we're muslinging here. We're just saying that we're not worshiping your God. I don't worship what you worship right now. You don't worship what I worship right now. And I will not in the future worship what you worship. Okay. And you will not in the future, you know, like the milla of shirk will never be the milla of tawheed. Right? You have your religion and we have our religion. And that's our path. In today's world, you see the same thing from people who have no certainty about anything of the unseen. Okay, And it's cloaked in a type of diversity. So diversity is all right in things that people are born with, that you have no choice over. Okay, So things that people are born with, or perspectives. But when it comes to truths 
and you're uncertain, then it does make sense to be diverse. So like, I don't know what's better for me, beef, vegetarian diet, pescatarian diet. Like, I don't know what's really the healthiest thing. So let me just do a little bit of each. So, you know, sometimes we'll have fish. Sometimes we'll be vegetarian. I don't know what's really best for us, uh, whether it's like uh, sprints or long jogs. So I don't know. I'll just do everything, a little bit of everything. If I ran a store and I don't know what's the best sell, what, what's the best product that people are going to sell? What do you do? You do A-B testing, right? Let's bring them all out and see what happens because we have no certainty. But once you have a, uh, some kind of belief and some kind of certainty, you never go this route, right? You know what your position. So uh, the left in this country, they are always uh, seemingly inclusive. Well, they are. They're actually, I should say, seemingly inclusive of the superficialities of Islam, right? They're seemingly inclusive of all that. And that inclusivity is only of the facade of Islam. It's not the essence of Islam. Because you literally can't be inclusive of two polar opposite, you know, doctrines. So when I see like inclusivity, when, uh, uh, when, the, when the left talks about inclusivity, they're merely only talking about the different facades of people. But the essence of what they believe in is always the same. When it comes to their, what they actually believe in, these, they're like as dogmatic as anybody else, Right. I would say stick, quit saying this diversity thing. Just come out and say what you what you are as is, right? And so, uh, the whole diversity thing is just to make themselves look good. It's yeah, not, it's, it's it's diversity in the superficialities. Yeah. So, well, let's get a, a an Arab person to say the same thing, right? That we believe in. Yeah. Let's get a, a Korean person to do that. Let's get a uh, whatever. All the different the facade. Real diversity would include an an Orthodox Jew doesn't even want to talk to you. You know that they don't even go to, or that they don't even go to uh, interfaith dialogue. Yeah, they don't believe in this garbage, right? They don't. They don't believe what you're about. The hardcore Protestants, they don't go to interfaith dialogue. The hardcore Protestants, and and and, and one of my friends was at an interfaith dialogue, and and by the way, I have a position on interfaith dialogue when it comes to the point of like, just like we all live in the same town and we can just be nice to each other. I'm fine with that, right? I'll have lunch with anybody, but when it comes to like their their type of um, bring a Muslim, bring a Jew, bring a you're bringing you can only survive by bringing a liberal Muslim, a liberal Jew, yeah, right? Yeah. A reformed Jew, a reformed Muslim, a reformed Christian. You'll never be able to get a, a, a firm Catholic who believes in what he believes in that this is the truth. A firm Protestant, and one time they did. And this guy, to clear his conscience, he had to say, Listen, this is the truth, and I would would be you know uh, dishonest with myself and you all if I didn't say like if you don't accept this, you can burn in hell, right? He said it. I was like, hey, like we're actually on the same page. You're just on different <laughs> routes, right? But you are as, as exclusivist on the truth. This is the truth. And here you had the Quraysh coming with this angle of doubt, of disbelief. That's really what their angle is. They actually have no certainty about anything, you know. What else you got for us? Oh, that's a sad position to be in. It's a sad yeah. position to be in. But they're in a complete, you know, they're, they're, but when they do have, when the left does have a position, they go on a witch hunt on anyone who speaks a word yeah, yeah. against their position. So they actually don't have any real uh, tolerance of opposite opinions. And I say, listen, I have, I actually have no problem with that. I respect that. But tell me what your list is. Yeah. But your problem yeah. is your list changes and it's expanding and transforming, constantly expanding and transforming. And no one knows where this thing is going. I feel bad for anyone who's on the left camp. Anything that you guys are saying now, 
50% of it is going to be politically incorrect and yeah. is going to be, you know, cancelable every five years. And we got it all recorded. You can't yeah. delete those oh, tweets. Oh, you can't it's delete over. it. It's all permanent. So this is what uh, this is what he said. And he says here that let's go. That was uh, um, let's see what uh, CUT, if he brings anything different, which he probably doesn't. But uh, because Surasif Kafirun is very clear what it is. That's what it is. That they asked, let's just let's just alternate because they, they don't believe in anything. Now, you know that India, Muslims went certain places and they the religion was accepted. Muslims went, they went other places and the religion was not accepted. Now, this is almost counterintuitive, but it's really amazing study. Where there are pockets of Muslims, the Muslims went to Buddhist areas. And where people didn't convert into Islam, they were Hindu areas. Now, you might think, oh, the Buddhists must have been open-minded and the Hindus were closed-minded. No, it's the exact opposite. Where they went to the Buddhist areas, the Buddhists have a certainty about their belief and an exclusive worldview, a, a binary world. This is the truth. Everything else is not true. So when Islam came, it was one or the other, right? And eventually Islam won out. So that's the Muslim areas. Where when Islam went to the Hindu areas, the Hindus like got a thousand gods. Now you got a thousand and one, right? <laughs> that's how they viewed Islam, right? They viewed Islam as that the Hindus are, we, we have all these gods. All right, you guys got your own God? No problem. Join at the table. We'll come and worship with you guys. And 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 some of these shrines, my friend, Moeen tells me all the time, at these places, some of these shrines, Masajid, right? We got Hindus in them. Yeah. Hindus doing their own ibadah, trying to take some kind of uh, blessing from the Muslim who's buried there, right? So they got Hindus there. Because the Hindu mentality is fluid. There's no one set truth, right? And that fluidity is more dangerous than someone who says, no, this is the truth and everything else is false. Yeah, that person, in the short term, he's dangerous to you. Okay? But the other side, in their long term, they will. They, all they do is put doubt, constantly put doubt, because they themselves have no firm beliefs on anything. All right, so... Asiyuti says the same thing. He says, but they actually uh, offered the Prophet a number of things. First, we'll give you plenty of money. Marry, we'll marry you to the most beautiful women. We will give you the most wealth. We'll make you king. Just stop all of this, right? Or we will worship your God one year. You worship our God another year. Okay. The Prophet he sought refuge from ever making shirk. Okay, and then he says, Let's wait until I'll give you a direct answer. What Allah says, Then the next day, okay, he came and he recited it out loud, and that was oftentimes his way of response. So one time they responded, they said to the Prophet that, um, We will sit with you, we'll be part of your circle, we'll do everything, okay, but we won't sit with these poor people. Right, we won't sit with them. So the Prophet said him left them. Came back the next day, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, revealed the ayah from Surah Al Kaf. Um, Be patient, make yourself patient with those who, who love Allah and seek His countenance morning and evening. So he then took out 
his his shawl. He put it out the next day. He recited the ayah and then he invited the Sahaba that they didn't want. Bilal, Abu Dhar, the Sahaba that were in their eyes lowly, too lowly for them to sit with. And he said, sit. And he sat with them. That was the answer. So he put the answer on demonstration, right? There was a sheikh who took inspiration from that, right? Answer by demonstration. He said, they said that, oh, he's getting really popular because he truly wants to be the head of Azhar. Wants to be Sheikh Al-Azhar. So he said, no, I don't want to be Sheikh Al-Azhar. And the rumor spread. He's just, he's just preaching and getting famous because he wants to be Sheikh Al-Azhar. He says, okay, I'll give you my answer tomorrow about that. He came on TV the next day and without the Azhar clothes or the Azhar hat, and he never wore it again. He never once wore the Azhar garment again. And that was his answer. Right, because Khalas, if you're if you're an Azhar candidate and you want to be Sheikh Al Azhar, you always have to wear that garment. So by taking it off, he canceled it, and he thought of that. Um, uh, then on the Prophet Sallallahu recited with them, "Qul Allah Other than Allah Taala, you want me to worship? Oh, you ignorant, right? Jahilun. So uh, this thing, we have to be very careful when we're invited at the table. There are always implicit or unspoken terms that we will eventually have to accept. And that's a simple you know, political game of you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. It's the same thing, right? And that's what we have to, people have to be conscious of and they have to be aware of that that's what's going on. There's no such thing as um, being accepted by both sides. Like Sayyidina Ali when he said that, uh, do you want to know where the swords of, uh, of who's on the truth look at where the swords of falsehood are pointing right <laughs> yeah look at where the swords of falsehood are pointing one of the things about afghanistan people talk all say a lot about things about them and they're so strict and blah 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 okay there could be some things you dis- you disagree with there's one thing that they don't have an issue with they have no doubt about what the truth is right yeah. and they have more like this is it and there's not even a discussion about this right about the fundamentals there's not even a discussion about that they should be praised for that, right? And all that other stuff to me, well, a lot of it is 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 PR. It's or it's just like their nature is different. They're mountain men, right? Yeah. These aren't okay. So you yes, you may argue one thing here or there, and maybe some of them are big issues, right? But on the fundamentals, they are who they are. So you have to respect that about them. Next hadith he says, uh same thing. We worship your God one year. You worship our God another year. And another. Oh, these kuffar of Quraysh. They came to the Messenger of Allah. They said, Oh, Muhammad, halumma. Falta'bud ma na'bud. Wa na'bud ma ta'bud. Wal nishtarik. Nahnu wa anta fi amrina kullihi. All right, let's we'll worship the same gods that we're upon, and then uh, we'll be the same in everything. So everything will be the same. We'll be all equal because if you're where you're right, we'll be right. Where you're wrong, we'll be wrong. Right? The prophet said no. So uh, that's basically where we're at. And um, you have anything else to add, Swaib? No. Okay. We are Monday is the day that we do an open QA. We're not going to be doing open QA every single time, but Monday. Uh, oops. Uh, Monday we are on open QA. So let's start with whoever wants to talk. Who do we have here? Open QA. Mondays, open QA. Tuesdays probably will be thematic. Wednesday, affairs of the Muslims. Thursday, stories of the awliya. Okay. So let's see. Ryan, why don't you kick us off? 
somebody said greetings from Leeds, England. Leeds. Wow. They would like a reminder of the Dua of Shifa. The Dua of Shifa. There's a number of Dua of Shifa. Firstly, there's six ayahs of Shifa in the Quran, and you recite those in your Ruqya. Ruqya is nothing other than Dua while putting your hand upon somebody or um, or you recite it on water and you blow on it and the person drinks the water. That's Ruqya. Ruqya is Dua and Dhikr while putting your hand upon the pain. Anybody can do Ruqya. Right? And Ruqya is a great thing to do because it sort of reflects your Iman. Right? Ruqya reflects Iman. That's why it's a wonderful thing. that pe- Anybody should do it at all times. Don't ever think that, oh, only certain you know, people can, uh, can, can do Ruqya. No. And so there are six ayahs of, uh, of Shifa in the Quran. And there are another dua, Nas'alullah al-Azim, Rabb al-Arsh al-Azim, and Yashfiyah. You repeat that seven times. Nas'alullah al-Azim, Rabb al-Arsh and Yashfiyah. Any salah on the messenger is a shifa, right? They used to read hadith over people as shifa. They used to read shama'il over people. Just the book. Just read the book out loud. They used to recite Qadi Ayyad's book, which is sort of technical, on the rights of the Prophet. They used to read that as a shifa, as a cure. Any dhikr of the messenger sallallahu on them. And specific ayahs of the Qur'an are shifa. Because Allah says in the Qur'an, وَنُنَزِّلُ min al-Qur'an. We reveal from the books. Not means not every book uh, verse is shifa. Okay. Uh, you don't go to somebody, for example, who's dying, and then you put your hand on him, or he's sick, right? And you say, <laughs> Every soul shall taste of death, right? And that's your ruqya. It's not a ruqya, right? So, and uh, further proof. I think it was... I always forget who the Sahabi is. He went and he did Ruqya on his own, right? He did Ruqya on his own because Ruqya existed before Islam. And then the, he did Ruqya on a man with Surah Al-Fatiha and then he spit from the saliva onto the piece of pain that he had. And then they went back and they told the Prophet this is what he did. Was he did was he correct or incorrect? The Prophet ﷺ called him. He said he's correct. And he said, how did you know Fatiha was a Ruqya? Which means that not all the Quran was a Ruqya, right? And that he was correct in assuming that Fatiha is a Ruqya. Okay, so he did that. Uh, Pakistan and Pakistan, the Isra and Mi'raj is tonight. Yeah, we just had three events on the Isra and Mi'raj, or two events on the Isra and Mi'raj, mashallah. Well, actually, we didn't do a stream about it, but uh, we could. Maybe tomorrow. Ryan, what do you think? Tomorrow? The podcast was about it too, even though we didn't get to the details, but maybe tomorrow we could talk a little bit more about Isra and Mi'raj. Did Imam Malik and Shafi forbid traveling to the blessed mausoleum of Rasulullah? How would that be possible? How? In fact, it's the opposite. The Prophet said, don't visit, say I'm visiting the grave of the Prophet. Say the yeah. Prophet, because the Prophets are alive in their grave. Cloak. Cloaked haq. Is it true that in order to qualify as one of the 70,000 to get paradise without judgment, you couldn't have had someone to do ruqya on you? Uh... Allah Alam about that. That's a, that's another hadith about about that. Yeah, there is a hadith about that that they they don't even try to disrupt the will of Allah even by ruqya. There's seventy thousand people who never try to disrupt the will of Allah, not even by dhikrillah. Allah Taala Alam. That's it. How does istikhara work? Very good question. It is a dua. That dua is recited after you pray any two nawafil. 
let's say you're praying the Sunnah of Maghrib, you make a dual intention. Sunnah of Maghrib and Istikhara. Okay? Then you recite this dua. That dua, which you can find online, it is saying, Oh Allah, this is my choice. If it's the right choice, make it easy for me. The sign that it's a right choice is it becomes easy. If it's the wrong choice, make it difficult for me. And make it away from me. So when you pray istikhara, right, it has nothing to do with seeing a dream afterwards. It you can't overstate dreams. What matters is what happens on the earth. Okay. And so you start looking at how is the matter becoming easier for you or more difficult for you? That's it. Like, are doors opening up or doors closing up? If you say, oh, I prayed istikhara and nothing changed. Okay, the pray istikhara again. Istikhara is a dua. There's no limit on how much you can do istikhara. You continue doing istikhara as much as you want. Okay. Um, with, with up to seven times, you should, uh, usually they say, at the seventh time, you should receive an answer if you're sincere. It, the answer would be that things start to open up or close up. And it is not, I saw a dream or I saw a coincidence. No, you can't overstate those things in making big decisions. You see if the matter starts easing up or, or not. Next question, is the Hadith marriage us, is half of faith authentic? From what I know, yes, it is half of faith in the fact that uh, it pulls out half the virtues. Half of a person's virtues and tests, and hence their iman, comes out in marriage. Patience, generosity, forgiveness. You can't say that you have any of these qualities until you tried it with the person you live with. You can't say you have any patience. You can't say you have any forgiveness until something, someone in your household, right? Not people on the street. Who cares about people on the street? In the workplace, right? When you live in a family, you're married and you have kids. The The weight that they possess in your life out, will outweigh everything else, right? And people always talk about like priorities. You put a gun to anyone's head and say, listen, you want to lose your job or lose your family? You're going to lose your family. Uh, lose your job, right? You want to, you got to go? Go ahead. You, then uh, we probably need to fix that camera too. You want to lose your, 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 jo- your, your health? Or lose your job. Well, I'll lose, I'll lose my job over my health, right? But how much effort do people actually put in their family? Like reading, studying how to be married, how to be a good husband, how to be this, that, or the, how to, how to be a good dad. All these things require study. Everyone will say that their job, their family is more important than their job. But you look at their library and what they actually study and examine, it's all about their job and nothing about how do I be a good dad? What are the harms that you know kids are facing these days? What are the best practices to being a husband or a wife? Okay. I mean, Muslim and secular authors can give you, you know, good advice on this. It's not just Muslims that can give you good advice. So um Marriage is really half of faith because half of a person's attributes will come out in marriage. Okay. Uh, what's the best way to observe the blessed event? You don't have to worry about the exact night of the Isra and Mi'raj. Uh, you just have to spend all of Rajab reviewing it and at least reading it once. So by reading this once a year, it's a good practice. 
Can one do ruqya for severe constipation inside the bathroom? Yes, but with your mind only, not with your tongue. You can't recite the Quran um, inside the bathroom. Go ahead. Um, someone asked if reading the Quran out loud in the mind and also listening to it has the same reward. Reciting Quran in your mind is not going to be the same as if your tongue is moving, for sure. No doubt about that. You're, you're, because your tongue moving is is important. When is ta'wil of something qat'i dala'il permissible? Only if it's qat'i dala'il, then you can't ever do ta'wil of it. It means that the language is so crystal clear that doesn't provide, there's no mutashabih uh, um, involved. There's no um, contradiction of anything else involved. But in the, we, Ahlul Sunnah, and it's in the Aqidah of an Nasafi, is that everything we take from the text of Allah, we take it literally, except when it contradicts a, 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 another text or a stronger proof text. In which case we know that the that the meaning must not be the literal meaning. It has a meaning for sure, but not the literal meaning. Or if it if it itself is contradictory, uh, uh, in uh, rationally contradictory, like what, for example, when Prophet said the sun goes under the throne of Allah every night and then prostrates. So what does the prostration of the sun look like? Allah Adam, and we know that the sun. Okay, where is the sun moving? When the sun sets, we know that the sun is not setting and then going to the throne of Allah is not under the earth, right? Because that it would it would indicate that the throne of Allah is under the earth. So that we can make a ta'weed of. Advice for someone who feels like their past marriages are getting old and less like oh that, that they are past marriage and they're getting old and marriage is getting less likely. The only thing I could say to such a person is control your thoughts. Control your thoughts. Don't allow your thoughts to go negative. Okay. Is ruqya with waters in the corners valid? In other words, that you recite and you sprinkle it all over. You can sprinkle it anywhere. Yes, you can. It is valid that you can recite Quran on water and sprinkle the water. That's okay. No harm in that. I know someone who does dua for istikhara and then randomly opens the Quran to get direction. Is that acceptable? No, it's not acceptable. We do not open randomly open the Quran and go into this like lazy thinking i don't want to make a decision let me just go by lottery there's nothing in the sunnah like that there is nothing in the sunnah that just randomly open a page of quran and name your kid randomly open your page of quran and you know and 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 uh uh make a decision based upon that never you just pull this out if you want right we never do that I don't think I'm a true believer. Fear overpowers my faith. What should I do about this? You should recite the Quran with contemplation and read the stories of prophets with contemplation. Should a person abandon dawah if their own life is a mess? No, sometimes when you teach other people about something, you get stronger at it yourself. Okay. All right, Ryan, what do we got? Yeah, we have a spicy aqidah question. All right, a spicy aqidah question. Is it correct to say that Allah Ta'ala's hearing and seeing is eternal without a beginning and that whatever sounds or events that occur in existence do not bring out anything new in his hearing or seeing? That's the first part. Mm -hmm. So this is this is a good premise, right? Okay. And um, 
they per, they pertain to everything that exists. How do we explain that we speak now and he hears everything, but we did not speak before? Was our not speaking also heard because he knew pre-eternally that we would speak? So the question is about divine speech and, um, uh, sorry, uh, the Allah's hearing and seeing and his knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has had knowledge over all events and all actions and he manifests them when he wills but the knowledge of that action has always existed with him he manifests it umurun yubdiha wa la yabtadiha he um manifests these things when he wills and he has foreknowledge of them his knowledge is his attribute and is pre-eternal there is nothing that will happen that is new knowledge to Allah Ta'ala okay it's a very important point he manifests it when he wills his speech to Musa السلام, was not something that just happened new it was rather his speech he manifested it at that time and his speech exists pre-eternally with him as attributes all of his attributes are pre-eternal does that answer the question Ryan you think yeah, yeah. Uh, Dean Adi good to see you here does time exist in Jannah? Yes, time does exist. There are days and nights in paradise, but the night never gets dark. It stays like dusk, like uh, the sky turns purple and magenta, and then that's that's what nighttime is in paradise. What is meant by the nur of the messenger? Is the nur that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? That is the nur of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All right, let's hear it. Somebody seems like they need some clarification here. They mm -hmm. said they're confused who is on the truth, asking help from prophets, السلام, thousands of miles away. Seems like a, a bid'ah, but Ahlul Sunnah permits it while there is no action from the companions. This is a question on istighatha. Istighatha. Um, I don't know if we're going to go into istighatha right now. I never go into istighatha. Yeah. It's not something that uh, I want to go into right now because it's going to open up a big bag of worms. Anyway, we never even preach it, to be honest. What we preach is tabarruk. Tabarruk, seeking the the blessings. For example, if you're going to do something, you have to do tabarruk. Any good deed, okay, any good deed. Reci you have a new home, call the adhan. It's going to bring you barakah, ibadah. Call the Salah, establish Salah, recite Quran. You got a new business? Open with a big dua in the business. Tawassul with tabarruk, with ibadah, by dhikr of Allah, dhikr of His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, dhikr al sahaba, dhikr ahl al bayt, by reading their biographies. Okay, this is tabarruk. That's, that's what I believe in, and that's what everyone believes in. Uh, little pearls of wisdom. When having a bath, is it important to make wudu in the beginning or the end of the bath? You start, you, when you take ghusl, you clean out, you clean your private parts, your aura, and you never touch your aura again. And then you do the limbs of wudu, except the feet. And then you do everything from top all the way to the bottom. And um, you do the feet at the end. Okay? And that's, you've done wudu and ghusl. A correct ghusl is wudu, uh, 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 includes wudu, except that you should not touch your private parts. If you're a man, you don't touch your private parts again, because that breaks your wudu. 
All right. Dean says, can you speak about the soup kitchen? Soup kitchen is really important. And by the way, our construction is going to start next month. You're not even going to recognize it. It's going to be so pretty, okay, that we ask Allah Ta'ala the tawfiq in it. And we need your dua because I really, we believe in dua is more, more important than amal. Amal is important. Dua is stronger. Dua of one person can open so many doors for you. And we don't know who out there watching and listening will we'll make a sincere dua for us for this soup kitchen. Because this soup kitchen is not just going to be just giving out food. It has to really create a mood for the person who comes in. It's got to create an ambiance for the person who comes in. They got to feel that the Muslims have done something different from all the other soup kitchens, which feel like you're going to jail. You ever go to these soup kitchens? Yeah. You feel like you're going to jail. It's not homemade food. It's, not homemade food. it's terrible environment. You just want to leave. You feel like I'm in jail. I'm a school lunch line or something like that, right? We don't want that. So it's starting up. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to give us a tawfiq. If you want to help, you go to safinasidi.org backslash Dawa Center. And if you just go to Sifin.org, you'll see it there. It says Dawa Center. Yeah. Next question. What is the ruling of someone who identifies as a Muslim, but out of carelessness, neglect, they only pray occasionally? What happens if they die in the state? Are they still a Muslim? Ruling about somebody who they identify as a Muslim, but they don't always pray. Sometimes they pray, sometimes they don't. Um, and, you know, major kabira. They're going to need the shafa'ah of the Prophet as in our aqidah, the shafa'ah of the Prophet is for the people of major sins in our ummah. So they're going to need the intercession of the Prophet because shafa'ah, it's in all the aqidah books, is for the people of kabair. And skipping salah, can there possibly be a bigger kabira? Skipping your salawat. Okay, so uh, they are a Muslim. For sure, but they're upon Kabira, major sin. I make dua that Allah puts me in a position where I can significantly contribute to the projects. That would be wonderful because we have um, recurring donations that you can give to the project. And if you're in the area, right, and you want to volunteer to cook, there's also a link for that that you could cook for us. You either drop it off, right, Wednesday, and then and then the people will eat that food. So you get rewarded for that. It's going to be a big kafara of our sins, the soup kitchen. I really believe that. We have too many sins. Astaghfirullahaladzim. You have way too many sins. And by doing the soup kitchen, we ask Allah Ta'ala to look upon us with the eye of mercy and forgiveness. Next question. Okay, somebody asked if someone were to do a documentary about the deen, is it permissible to have a musical score assisting the narrative structure of the film? Mm, having a, if you have a, uh, you're doing a documentary about Islam and then, you know, you need to have a musical score. They're saying that, I mean, I would say, look, um, we have a ruling on music oftentimes and the ruling on music is pretty straightforward. Um, the stronger ruling is that all the instruments are haram except for the duff. Another opinion, uh, and the duff only in weddings too. The other opinion, which is lesser strong, is that the duff is allowed all the time. The flute is makru. The wind instruments are makru and the string instruments are Haram, and there's a reason for that, but we can't get into that right now. Um, but the issue is that oftentimes, you know, media productions. We how do you how does a Muslim compete in the media sphere without music? So I don't enter the competition. That's what I would do. But it's you can't advance the dean by something that's prohibited. That's not my belief. That's a principle. It just doesn't work. 
if people do it, okay, they did it. But I can't say that it's halal. You know, that's the that's the thing. I can't say that's halal to do. I can't say that uh, something that is known in the books to be forbidden. And the reason it's forbidden, I, I will give you the evidence is that, and the and the and the viewpoint is that the Prophet he forbade all instruments, as if all of them. Then he came upon there was a wedding, and the Prophet said, "Use the duff." So they said that's an exception; it can be used. Then he came upon a boy playing the flute. And he didn't say anything. He covered his ears, but he did not say that it's haram. And then a sahabi came and he said, Oh, Master of Allah, when we uh, call the adhan, should we blow a horn? The Prophet simply said, no. He did not say, no, the horn is haram. So be, when, when the Prophet was exposed to the wind instruments, he just, he turned away from them. He did not explicitly say they were haram. Based upon that logic, they said it's makru. Okay, that's the minority opinion, that it's makru. And maybe in the Shafi they have that opinion uh, with more strength than others, but it it is comes in the Maliki books as a minority opinion, not the majority opinion. Majority opinion is tahrim. Okay, and then there was no exposure of the in the time of the Prophet to the string instruments, so the prohibition remained on the string instruments, and that which is a made up sound follows whatever it sounds like. So a computerized sound, if it sounds like a string instrument, haram. If it sounds like a drum permitted if it sounds like a flute then makru in the minority opinion haram in the in the dominant opinion i think of all the schools so i personally i don't see how you win those this this thing the media production thing so if they're gonna do it let them do it but they're not gonna i they they they, they don't try to get a mufti uh to squeeze something out of it and especially someone like myself who just merely transmits to you the dominant opinions you can't give fatawa how can we increase my? How can I increase my chances of du'a being accepted? Worship Allah very good in the well in the day, as much as you can. Worship Allah in the daytime. Recite Quran, make salah on the Prophet give sadaqah, then wake up in the middle of the night and ask what you wish, and repeat that every day. Repeat that every day. Worship Allah as best as you can in the daytime while making du'a too, and then wake up in the middle of the night and take your needs to Allah Taala. Uh, Rhonda OG, she's an OG. She says, There is an IG company selling kids Quran, but they included pictures. So basically, it's pictures describing the verse of the Quran. Uh, and the verse of Quran is on the bottom, making it relatable for kids. Is that permissible to use? I mean, I guess that is a good question, to be honest with you, because um, probably they would be 100% safer if it was merely just like. Um, uh, a thematic meaning of the verses and then a picture that would be much more safer but to mingle the two i'm sure that many ulama would not like that so i can't necessarily give you a straight, straight wording on the uh, uh ruling on it but i'm sure that i can tell you that many ulama would not like that if it was just the theme that's fine all right one ak today remember monday we do open qa on monday tuesday's thematic wednesday's thematic thursday's thematic so today is open q a but the rest of the week will not be. One AK says, one Ak, he says, there are parties in families with music, but if we don't go, our parents get angry upon us. What should we do in these kind of music party gatherings? So you have to always be political, and I call it just wiggling it and jamming it. So you may show up a little bit, you go out for a phone call. You go inside, you eat, and you smile in everyone's face so they don't give you, you know, think that you are rude to them, and then you leave again, step outside. Right, go into another room, 
So you have to wiggle it in a way that is, in a sense, diplomatic, in the sense that you didn't offend your family, and at the same, and maybe you can bring it up, right? It's like blasphemy. You say, "What's the ruling on music?" Right? Because I know that a lot of everyone listens to music. Like we're not from Mars, right? But I, our job is to tell you what the ruling is. You have taqwa as much as you want, right? Uh, I can't control people. But I can tell you, I've never seen someone who is really on hifz of Qur'an. I've never seen it. A hafiz of Qur'an who listens to music. So what does that tell you? If the word of Allah will not coexist in a heart that has music in it. Can you elaborate? This is Nabila. She says, can you elaborate on seeking assistance through salawat? I've seen wordings and expressions that send salawat and then directly ask help from Rasulullah. Is this correct approach? It's valid in Ahl Sunnah. Hmm. So the Rhonda says they have shaitan pictures as this big red blob with devil ears. And she's like, I'm like, no, thanks. Yeah, I'd probably be like, no, thanks, too, because it's sort of silly. And the shaitan's a serious thing. This is not some character, right? This is not some silly character. So if, it were, if they had just done other themes, right, then maybe, maybe, themes. Because it's like the... The thing that makes people, some Christian people so like disgusted with it is how unrealistic and goofy it is. It's goofy and unrealistic. You're 100% right. They're like pr putting forth a religion that's sort of in the vibe of fairy tales, right? Whereas we have the super rational. We believe in the super rational. That means things that we haven't seen before. And that to me is more amazing than fairy tales. Fairy tales is a mimic of that, right? We do have that. We do have a world that we can tap into in our lives that is totally uh, like, I wouldn't say fairytale, but it's it's mystical. We totally have that, and we live that every single day. And then fairy tales were mimicking that. Fairy tales were a mimic of the truth, not the other way around. So we totally have a mystical reality in our in our in Sunnah. We totally believe in that. Ahlul Sunnah is marked by we we totally accept the super rational, but we reject the irrational. The irrational is a contradiction in itself. Something, but a super rational is something you've never seen before. We've never seen wings, angels with six hundred wings, right? Three hundred wings. We've never seen the idea of an angel filling the horizon. It's super rational. We've never seen this concept of angels coming down to the earth the moment that you are in a desperation and coming to solve your problems. We believe in that. 100%, and it's not something only from the ancient times. If you make a dua that is strong enough, it will reach the heavens, you'll get an answer. This is not, this is this is our mysticism in a sense of what is the world outside of this world. And fairy tales are mimicking that. It's not the other way around. Not like fairy tales is a default, and then we're constructing a religion with fairy tales. No. Next question. Can you reconcile the fact that Allah is Ar-Rahman uh, and but it also gives people eternal punishment in hellfire. Can can we reconcile that Allah is all Ar-Rahman, yet there is people who have eternal punishment in the hellfire? Yes. Ar-Rahman, he's all merciful, but he does not force you to do anything. That's part of his mercy. That's part of the mercy. He will not force paradise upon you. Do we believe that it's wrong to force someone to accept Islam? Can I take someone, tip his chair back, put a towel on his face, and waterboard him until he gets, says the shahada? Can I do that? No, I can't do that. Uh, yeah, the Pledge of Allegiance maybe, but waterboarding, no. 
shahada no can you force someone to uh, to say shahada no we also don't force people to go to paradise you have a choice someone goes to eternal hellfire you chose your path allah doesn't send people to hellfire on tricks he doesn't send people there because they didn't know any better he only sends people there when the hujja or the proof was laid in front of him for a long time and they rejected it okay they rejected it over and over and over so part of allah's mercy is he doesn't force you you do whatever you want there are outcomes and consequences okay. um let's go now chloe says Dean Adi says, is there any extra value to doing a non-Quranic word? Yes, of course. The Prophet Sallallahu Sunnah. The Prophet's Sunnah, he has tasabiyah, he has ad'iyah, okay, that are wonderful, that we should use. So they're not necessarily from the Quran, but the Prophet gave them. We, we are not Quran only. We accept the, the Quran says, follow the Prophet. The Prophet has his own ad'iyah and his own adhkar and his own awrat. That are from his sunnah. All right. What is the hikmah of the punishment of kuffar in hell forever? They disobeyed an eternal God. The punishment they waged, they, they went against an eternal God. The punishment will be eternal, right? But look, we're Muslims. Allah says to us in the Quran, "La He's not asked about why he does what he does, right? So we don't ask that question. We just hope to avoid it. So, but he's the person not saying why, as if it's moral. No, he's just asking what's the wisdom, right? The wisdom is that people are going to be in heaven forever. There needs to be a contrast forever, right? Because part of paradise is the contrast of where I could have been if I had done those deeds, right? Why do they get to do deeds or or or, or take positions? that they intend to have forever and then sort of, in a sense, get away with it, in a sense, by disappearing. Plus, the afterlife, there's no disappearing. There's no death. You get what you did. So act and believe with caution in this world. Brian, what do you got? How does one choose a medhab? How does one choose a medhab? By reading the biographies of those scholars. For example, you could read The Four Imams by Abu Zahra. It's an English book. Read them, watch the YouTube videos of their biographies and their methods. And also be practical. If I'm going to the subcontinent, there's no point in being a Medici, right? You're not going to find a Medici for 100 miles, right? <laughs> Maybe more. Okay, Unless you study online. And then anyway, when you go to practice it, everyone's going to be against you, right? They won't, they won't, they won't know that there's another method in some cases, the common man. So you're just going to be constantly in pressure. So you might as well be practical about it too. If there's a thousand Hanafi scholars in your town, then it's practical to be Hanafi. But if you do have a choice by reading the biographies of the of the imams and then choosing that method. Next. And you go to myarchy.org and start studying. Next uh, September, it's going to be completely revamped and we're going to have all four methods taught, inshallah. Tuba say it says, if after istikhara my heart feels anxious about something but the dream one has seen is seemingly positive, one must do, ignore both. Remember, what matters is what happens in the wake, in the light, in life, in real life. Istikhara is not determined by how I feel or how my dreams are. Istikhara is determined by the realities of life. If the matter is becoming difficult, then I start taking that as a sign. If the matter is becoming easy, then I take that as a sign as well. That's what the wording of istikhara is. Oh Allah, make it easy or make it difficult. 
make move me away from it or move it away from me. The word difficult is not in there, but make it easy, okay, or move us away from it. Ryan? Someone asked a good question. He said, how do you distinguish someone mistreating you as being legitimate injustice or a way for you to be retributed for your sins? The question is, uh, how do I know if someone mistreats me that it's because of my sins or that it's they're just unjust? It could be both. And it could be not your sins. You just made a mistake in life, right? So, for example, you get fired. It may not just because of, because of your sins. It may be because you don't work well. You show up late. You're difficult to deal with. So that you're, the, the, the punishment of those worldly things is that you got fired, right? You, you, Allah is not going to write any sins against you, but the result is you got fired, right? So it could be that you're, you're treated unjustly, that Allah may use someone who does an injustice to teach you a lesson. Not all divine lessons come from good people. It could be a lesson from Allah for you through a bad person. So it could be, they may be completely oppressors, but you also deserved a little bit of it, right? And Allah tells us in the Quran, he uses one oppressor to neutralize another. Let's take one from Instagram here from Nunu. Um, what's also the wisdom and the concept of heaven? Things being good all the time. What I know it's a silly question, but it's hard to understand completely. Okay. Um, Allah changes our nature. Don't try to understand it. Just enjoy it if you get there, right? But Allah changes our nature. Because our nature here is not all pleasure. The enjoyment of life in this world is balanced. Some ibadah, even some little bit of hardship, so that when the hardship is removed, we feel the, the blessing of our state. Some work and some enjoyment. The, the blessing in this world is balanced, right? But in the next life, it's not balanced. Like there's no concept of satisfaction from work. Work is one of the most satisfying things you could do in this world because you see you're changing the world. You're improving it. Why? Because it's a flawed world. It's flawed. Well, you go into an unflawed world, your nature is going to be completely changed. So what the, 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 the fulfillment is to enjoy divine blessings all day. And it never ends. Unlike here, it does have an end. All pleasures in this life, they have a limit. So if you enjoy the pleasure of, let's say, uh, a, a beautiful, wonderful Saturday night dinner, right? And then you hung out all Saturday night and everything was wonderful and it was like the best night. And then Sunday you rest up, you get ready for the week, then Monday you work because you can't keep doing the same thing every night. You're going to get depressed. The joy is the balance in this world. In the next world, there's no such thing. Okay. It's all enjoyment and it's all increase of pleasure non-stop increase of pleasure where our natures are going to be changed completely how long should we wait before repeating the istikhara prayer it's dua therefore there's no hesitation with every sunnah with every salah you can make istikhara ryan is it wrong to stand in a bathroom bare feet where you're making wudu like because you could get nedges on your feet is it wrong to stand in the bathroom bare feet no, if it's if it's not najis. If you know that there's no najasa there, then there's no problem. It's only a problem if you know for sure that there's najasa there or even that you have doubt. But if you know that, I mean, most bathrooms today are very clean, right? 
most home bathrooms, your home bathroom is going to be clean. Okay. In most cases, unless you have certain kids that are not clean, like little babies and stuff, and they're, they're you know, getting everything out. But um, the, the question is if there's Najasa there. That's all it is. Ryan? Is there a specific dua for sending the reward of your good deeds to dead loved ones? Is, is there a specific dua to sending the reward? This is called Hibat Athawab, the gifting of your good deeds to somebody else, so that you recite Surah Yasin and you gift the reward. You simply say, with your heart or with your tongue, I intend this in any language, this the the the, the reward of this recitation to so and so. That's it. Can you intend it for yourself and for them? Can, can you intend it for yourself and for them? Yeah, inshallah, could be 50-50. Next question. So, someone who is praying according to Maliki Fiqh, if they're behind somebody who is praying with their arms crossed, folded, yeah, yeah um, would they follow that? You don't have to if someone's if if someone's praying with their arms down and the imam's praying with the arms folded, it has no significance on the prayer. Need, need, in all the madahib, this is like a light sunnah. In all the madahib. There's no issue on on that at all. And we pray behind anyone whose prayer is valid in any of the four madhabs. And you pray how you know how to pray. Yeah. Fatima bint Abdul Rauf says, What if things become difficult between husband and wife after marriage? Is that also the answer to the istikhara prior to marriage or best to make another istikhara post-marriage about it? I think that we don't have to always um, get spiritual and mystical and unseen about these things. They can be examined. If, there's a re if there is difficulty, marriage, getting along with people, is not all an unseen thing that we have to just... Um, go by the unseen and go by science you can study this stuff there's a reason there i know people don't like this idea but there are like counselors okay there are books things can go right or wrong in a marriage for reasons that you can identify it's not all just unseen like i'm telling you people when they study a, a subject they'll study the books and they'll know exactly why the surgery went well or went wrong or exactly why the internet connection here is right strong or weak or exactly why the numbers in this business are adding up, but this business is failing. It's not a random crackpot. But, and I'm not saying this is about Fatima bint Abdul Rauf here. I'm saying in general. People treat marriage marriage like an unseen you know, crapshoot in the sense that it's just random. It's like rolling the dice. It's not. Getting along with people can be studied. Personality types, birth orders, methods of communication, expectations, finances, gifts, sitting down to talk, family dinners. These are all factors. Uh, In-law pressures, children pressures from within, job pressures, health pressures, uh, different politics, different religion. You can discuss this stuff, okay? You can study it objectively. You can set plans that will mend hearts and make sure that two people's hearts are aligned, okay, and parallel to each other. So what I see is that many, many people treat marriage like an unseen crapshoot. And it's not like that. It's not like that at all. I, I, I actually truly believe that most of it can be analyzed logically by observation, 
not that it's a rational, it's an, it's an observed thing. You can observe it, you can see what other people say about it, and you could study this thing. So if your person is having issues in marriage, I wouldn't say that this is the result of istikhara, this, that, or the other. I would say work on it, study it. I've said earlier in this stream, someone says you're going to lose your job or your marriage. Gun to your head, you have to choose one. Which one will you say? Everyone will say, I'll lose my job, not my marriage. How many books do you have related to your job versus how many books do you have related to marriage? Read, study. Study this stuff. It's not an unseen, mystical crapshoot, random thing. It's not. You can study this stuff, but people don't. So treat it like that. Study it. Sansan is saying, is it Islamic to believe in energy chakras? Not exactly familiar uh, with it, exactly you know how they work, to be honest with you. But I would say probably um, it's not going to be an Islamic thing, nor is it a scientific thing. It's it's a it's probably what I would consider a a, a theory that it cannot really be proven right or wrong. Okay, therefore action upon it, as long as it's not contradicting a Sharia, and it's not you, you got to know epistemologically where it is. Is this a rational knowledge? No. Is it an observed knowledge? I don't I, I don't think so. It's not a scientific knowledge. I think it's it's a theory about how energy flows and that theory may be proven right or wrong but actually you can't even prove it it's just um you may think in your personal life that it benefits you or not okay and so that's where i would put it epistemologically i don't think that's directly connected to some paganism ryan what do you think it's not it's not direct it's a theory about energy right yeah. in the body is it paganism it's not paganism <laughs> It's not paganism, right? There's, it's just a theory about the body, about energy. You just have to know that epistemologically, it's very low on the bar. Like there's very little certainty about this stuff, in my opinion, from the little that I've, I have examined it enough, right? That it's, it's a theory about how things work, right? Yeah, I think it, since it's so like open-ended and just there's no structure in it, it just leads people to these weird pagan things, though. Yeah, That's so associations, man. So you can't base too much on it, right? You cannot base too much. It's like uh, astrologically, let's say you are whatever the zodiac sign that it says it is, right? Now, what we know is haram is to is to the prediction of what's going to happen to you today because you were born on a such and such a date. That's haram. You can't even read that. How do you even to read that? But when they say, oh, because you were born here, you're a leader. You know what? These, these, these websites, they never tell you think bad, right? <laughs> Whatever they tell you is going to be nice. Oh, I'm a leader, right? Oh, you're the life of the party. I'm the life of the party. Someone once did this for me, right? They said, okay, I need your information. I need your birthday. I need you born at night, born in the day, born on what like um, line of longitude, I was like, what knowledge is this, right? Then they said, you're this, that your personality is this, 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 this. <laughs> then then my daughter said, Papa, is it real? I said, if I like it, right? <laughs> if I like it, if I like what they're saying, yeah, okay. If I don't like what you're saying, forget it. This is not a real knowledge, right? It's like a view. But you can't, so you can't really base too much on it, in my opinion. All right, Karima Zain says, Assalamu alaikum, Assalamu alaikum, salam to him. Isn't istikhara only after Aisha? No. Istikhara can be done any time that it is permissible to pray nawafil. And it can be joined with your other nawafil. Like uh, sunnah of Maghrib, sunnah of Fajr. It could be joined with that. Du dual intention. 
How do you memorize the 99 names in a short period of time? Keep repeating them and listen to them in a song form. Nabila says, personality types actually mind-blowing. Everyone should look into it. By the way, someone once told me about, what is it? The Briggs, Meyer Briggs? Okay, so I took it. I took it three times on different websites, right? It's a different one every time, but everything's good. Every single rea every single result, ENTJ, ENTP, whatever, all of it's good. It's flattering because they want to keep you on the website. Take the next test. What animal are you, right? You're never going to get something like, oh, you're a weasel, right? <laughs> you're, a, you're, you're like a chicken. No, you're always going to get, oh, you're an eagle. You're a, you're a fox. Uh, you're a falcon or you're a lion. The website will flatter you, right? Everything is going to be good. No, how I answer this question is going to be good. Okay, so I'm gonna put so much weight on these things. Johnson or John uh, Sidor says, "Do you think it's a good to film a documentary about the Messenger of Allah, but minus a musical score? If people watch it, try it. Why wouldn't? It? But you can't have a movie with the Sahaba. You can't depict. I wouldn't depict the Sahaba and the Prophet Sallallahu I know they made a movie about that, but just because people did it in the past doesn't mean that that's the right thing. So from what I from what I know of my shoe, they wouldn't like the Sahaba depicted. Ryan. What is the shortcut to become a wali? There's no shortcuts you put in the work, but the fastest route is dhikrillah. And avoid the haram. Lower your gaze. Tantem one says, what's your opinion about saying haramun gamhan after salah? Oh, haraman gamhan. Yeah, and it's a dua, but it doesn't have to be, it shouldn't be said all the time as if it's a sunnah. Haraman geman. It's an old Egyptian thing. Nobody says it anymore. It means, may we pray together in the haram. And then the other version says geman, which means all together, right? It's a, it's a nice dua, but it shouldn't be treated like something you have to say. Amina says that chakras is Hinduistic. Yeah, I know that it's Hinduistic and it's their theory about how energy flows in the bodies. Okay. I guess chakras are more like stations of the seeker. What is the method of istikhara? Halima wahid. So we answered that today. It's, um, it is essentially um, two rakas prayed at any time that you can pray nawafid and a dua, and then you wait if the matter becomes easy or difficult. Marmi says, how should we go about istikhara? Any specific guidance? A lot of questions on istikhara. It's unbelievable, right? Um, so the, so we just answered that. And if you go back to the stream, well, I guess that's the title of today's stream, Ryan. Yeah. Um, the personality inventory is subject to personal bias. By the way, you can change too. If you become a CEO of a company, you have to change. If you're forced into being an employee of a company, you will change. Your personality has to adapt. So you're going to change on that Myers-Briggs every two years, probably. What's the Islamic view on meditation? Meditation, if it's the idea of clearing your thoughts, there's nothing wrong with clearing your thoughts. Directing your thoughts, we do have guidance on that. Directing your thoughts to is going to be based upon the ruling of what you're directing your thoughts to. If you're directing your thoughts to something halal, then it's merely halal. If you're focusing upon something that is that in the Quran or in the Hadith that is good to focus on, then it's mandub. And the highest thing is focus 
your thoughts on Allah and his messenger. If you're focusing your thoughts on something that's discouraged, then it's discouraged. So if we define meditation on honing in your thoughts upon something, then the whole practice takes on the ruling of what you're focusing upon. And also, what weight do you give this? Like, am I going to arrive at Allah to high stations of spirituality by this? Yes, you could. But by skipping other things that are obligatory and in sunnah, then no. Because we also have a hierarchy of what's recommended and obligatory. You can't mess around with that hierarchy. There, there was a camp someone, someone I knew went to. They meditated through Salat al-Fajr. Uh, Islamic camp. <laughs> they literally meditated through Fajr. And the person was like, wait a second, don't we have to pray Fajr? They're like, this, what, they said, why did Allah reveal Quran? Establish the prayer to remember me. We're remembering him, right? So, okay, let's leave this program right away, right? <laughs> pray Fajr, Assalamu alaikum, get my suitcase and leave. Because you guys are way off. So it's it's this, it's the, what's your, huh? Oh, they woke up for Tahajjud. They prayed Tahajjud. Then they meditated through Fajr. So, uh, the, the the ruling is not just what you're meditating upon, but what is the weight that you give to this thing? And is it pushing away something that is a fard or a sunnah? You cannot draw near to Allah Ta'ala by anything greater than a fard. And then the sunnah that are from the Prophet and then anything after that that is within the category of no effort. And fikr is definitely in the category of no effort. We cannot deny that. Fikr, which is they say, vikrul qalb. All the same, that or, or contemplation or the remembrance of Allah in the heart, silent dhikr, all that's wonderful within its position. Next, uh, Brother Sohaib, he asked with respect to Rukia for a particular part of the body that is unclean, how does one follow the protocols for this? With if you have a, a Rukia for, let's say, someone has a sickness in his private parts, right? he may put his hand where there is pain and recite the Qur'an or the Ruqya or the Dua, whatever the Dua is. There's nothing, there's no Haraj in that. I'm going to lean back because we got a lot of questions today, which is good, kick off the week. Because by the way, we, we don't do open QA all the time anymore. We only do it Mondays. Uh, Kareem Azan says, we, when we use it in psychology, it's usually skewed in the sense of the framing of the question uh, structure. And Nunu says, Muhammad Ishaq has a great course on temperaments, knowing yourself when it comes to personality. I have a podcast about this with a Hakim, the four personality types. Yeah. He, he told me, he said, your personality, you should eat the opposite food of your personality. So I said, what do I eat? He said, mostly you should be eating salads. I was like, okay, next. <laughs> Give me, give me meat, hot meat, hot potatoes, coffee, right? And then I'll eat salad just to digest. Whenever I become regular with my amal, such as tilawa, tasbih, dua, is it a good sign? And when I become irregular, the urge, uh, stop. You, you, the the best of ibadah and dhikr is the is the consistent. What is consistent? To be consistent. Whatever you're consistent on, that's the best. And it's a great sign if you're consistent. What kind of sunnah ring can a man have? One silver ring. That's it. And the sunnah is to have a aqiq stone in it. 
what's the what's the call of Aki, uh, a translation for Akik Sohib? Karasinth or something. Uh, Naj says, chakras, crystals, open you up for jinn possession, is what I was heard. You know, the crystals is unbelievable, this thing. I had a friend, okay, he left his job in accounting. I'm not going to say his name, right? But he was an accountant for KPMG. He left. I was like, how would you leave KPMG? I see you in sweatpants all the time. What are you up to? He's like, oh, I got my own business. What's your business? I'm thinking it's going to be some great business. He's still ripping off hippies. That's what he said. He said, I go to the Chinese websites that are producing glass junk, essentially. I go to these Chinese websites and I deal directly with them. And then he makes his own websites with a whole bunch of, you know, hippie nonsense on crystals. And he's selling these like five cent crystals for 50 bucks. Right? So... That's what he told me. I rip off hippies, right? I was like, I don't even know if your money's halal. Don't don't donate to Safina Society, <laughs> right? Istishara. What is istishara? Istishara is the twin of istikhara. Istikhara is the salah. Istishara is to ask the people who know about the field that you're asking. You have to ask people who know. You don't do istishara about, let's say a big financial contract by asking a dentist. You ask someone who knows that field, who's done it before. Saeed Saeed says, what is the Islamic understanding of emotions? How should they be viewed and treated as an Islamic source of information? I emotions in the sense of, of other people's emotions or your own emotions. If it's other people's emotions, we have to monitor them. We, we It's haram to hurt people's feelings. Um in certain circumstances if people are their emotions are hurt and they're upset because you said something that's true but you said it in the nicest way possible you're not responsible for that so if someone says well what's the ruling on x y and z and you say well the ruling is it's obligatory or it's forbidden you just have to say it in a merciful way but you're, you're not going to be held accountable if someone's upset about that that's number one but if it's the power of emotions, I believe, I don't think that it's an Islamic thing, but emotions are highly tied to dua. Dua and emotions are very highly tied because Allah does not accept the dua from a heart that's heedless. So you have to have some power and emotion in your dua. You have to, right? So, and when you do things, you have to do it with passion. This is not Islam. This is just life, right? When you do stuff, you got to do it with a passion, which means a lot of emotion. So I don't know which... Uh, the questioner said, Said, feel free to you know put in what aspects of emotions are you talking about? Look at how ugly this this planter is. That's changing today. I'm changing that. Look how ugly this rubber piece of junk is. I'm changing it. Uh, Zaid or Zedka Zedkayam says, Are there any courses you know that cover the fiqh? of business and financial transactions good question we'll look it up and we'll let you know but we don't you know we should teach that someday ryan as a uh, as a arc view like intensive you know with uh, our man taha abdul basir he's our man yeah we do have a podcast on it with taha abdul basir if you look up the podcast with taha abdul basir it's there and also we had a live stream with him last year about zakah karim is zain what is a good introductory level book for a higher level of knowledge, someone looking to pursue advancement should read. In what subject? Karim, if you can answer me what subject. 
Please keep my marriage in your dua. My husband gets a little compassion in his heart. Well, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make things really easy for you and all the married couples and keep away shaitan. Never underestimate dua. Can I keep toys and stuffed animals in my room? I need them to feel better, but people say it's haram and angels won't come. Can you explain the ruling, please? If you're an adult, you're not allowed to have toys anymore. Don't accept this genre of the security pets. There was a guy who tried to get on a plane with a goose <laughs> and said, it's my security pet. Um, so Habe is laughing at that because that's way crazy. But for the sister, truth is, Humaira, put your feel better you know you can have a pillow right you, just because it's warm but no uh, to, w once you're an adult you're not allowed to have toys uh, figures figures i mean figures anything that could live all right if it could live as it is like a bear a full bear stuffed or hard whatever it's a full bear you're not allowed to have those as an adult and i would highly recommend thinking about allah's attributes and that that's going to make you feel better or you can have a fuzzy blanket or a fuzzy pillow if it makes you physically feel better, right? But we're not allowed to have toys anymore after we become adults. And this security thing through stuff, I would also caution against it. It's not the great way for us to keep to the world to go down. You know, it's not the, the, the path of, of, of living we want to go down, like a security blanket for an adult, right? I've seen a lot of focus, Nunu says, on affirmations. But something doesn't feel right about saying I am great, etc. That just insecurity or affirmation is not a sign of key. We have affirmations from the deen. Our affirmations revolve around Allah's creation of us and Allah's attributes. Those are the affirmations and we call those awrad. All these affirmations are self-centered. But there is, I have seen scholars they have a sense of affirmation, which is the idea of remembering your goals. Yes, Habib Omar has spoken about that. Remembering your goals, right? Whether you say it, write it down, remember it any way you want. Or Sheikh Muhammad al-Yaqubi said that his dad told him, when you go up to give the khutbah, if you're nervous, tell yourself, I'm the most knowledgeable person in the room. But once you feel secure, tell yourself, I'm the least knowledgeable person in the room. So you can't just take an affirmation from somebody. It's got to be based in our theology, in our what's acceptance accepted for us. Is yoga permissible? I think yoga, as defined as stretching, is permissible. If there's any unseen or belief element, that has to be examined, or an incantation that they utter, it has to be um, examined. Have you written a book of any kind? I have written a primer, uh, a, a, a little bit more of a than a primer, actually, I would say. Intermediate level book on Aqidah that you can get at safinapress.com. Okay, great. Ryan, how's our safinapress.com going? Um, just someone asked it down. But I yeah. Check it's up and it's all good. Okay, good. Aura says, once a Hindu yogi told me all the chakras can be opened through sincere honesty to yourself. What am I getting when my chakras open and what am I losing when my chakras close? I don't know anything about chakras. I guess after this episode, Ryan, we have to study chakras so that we have a clue what we're talking about. It seems all of our listeners, they're experts in chakras. Yeah. 
a guru. Sadguru? What's his name? Yeah, yeah, sad guru. <laughs> is he a fraud or what? Is he real or what? He gives advice that is impossible to prove right or wrong, right? That's that's the genre. I guarantee you the genre of all these yogis is to speak with absolute confidence but make a statement that is impossible to be proven as right or wrong, right? Some girl said, I have trouble staying awake. He says, what do you eat? She said, listed what she eats. He said, everything you eat is dead. That's why you're sleepy. Eat stuff that's alive, you'll be perky and awake. But how do I know that it's not going to just be like um, uh, placebo effects, right? There's no way to prove it right or wrong. So I guarantee you all these frauds, they're not frauds. They're YouTube artists. That's what they are, right? <laughs> He's a YouTube artist. He make you feel good. He's a feel-good artist. That's what he is. But nothing can be said as, can be proven as right or wrong. Where did you get your wisdom in? Is there a book I can read that you got your wisdom from? Uh, Amina says, what is Amin al-Rasul? The dhikr of Amin al-Rasul is the last three verses of Surah Al-Baqarah because it says in it, Amin al-Rasul. Uh, Saint Scantfly, I have the same question. If it's only if yoga is only done for breathing and focusing and stretching, there's nothing wrong with that. If the incant there's no incantations, there's no pagan beliefs, then it's stretching. Baller says, Can you shed some light on the Ukraine issue and in general how Muslims should respond to such issues? I, I'm not an expert in political affairs, but I did follow that the guy. Zarensky or Zelensky, he did a great PR campaign, to be honest with you, over the weekend. He did a great PR campaign. And he, to me, he won the weekend. I don't know if he's going to win the battle or the win the war, but he beat out. Um, he beat out Putin in this last weekend. He, he out PR'd Putin and the whole world like rallied around him. So he did a good job with that. All right. Go ahead. If one is not getting married, then how often should he fast? If you're not getting married, how often should you fast? You should fast as long as you, as much as you need to stay away from sins. That rubber uh, planter is bothering me so much, I pushed it out of the screen. Uh, you should, you should um, fast as much as you need to avoid sins. Let's go to um, Hassan Mazhar says that Carnelian is the name of Aqiq in English. Carnelian. Okay. Marmi says, what can we find? Where can we find the podcast with Hakim Archuleta? It actually wasn't Hakim Archuleta. It was Hakim. SubhanAllah. His name skipped my mind. He's a wonderful guest. And he had a lot of nice things except that his advice for me that I have to eat salad all day. Um, but it was really, it was a good podcast. And you go back in the Safin Saadi podcast on SoundCloud it'll and type in um, um, Hakim, Safin Saadi podcast and Hakim. It'll be there. Ryan, see, uh, so hey, see if you can find it and find out what the exact name is. A gate? A gate stone. Uh, someone says that uh, Tasneem said it's a gate stone, Aqiq. Please remove the plant. Yeah, uh, rubber planter. That's a disaster. Put that 
I know. That's what I'm going to do. We're going to get planters. Do stones have healing powers? Did they impact your mood? Again, it's something that we have to know where these things are. Let's say someone comes up with a theory, right, and says it and makes the claim. We would say, back up your claim with an experiment. So then I could say certainty it is. So right. I remember I remember one time, you know, sometimes you fall asleep with the TV on. Yeah. You wake up at like 3 a.m. And, yeah. and it was like some ancient aliens show or something. Yeah. But they were actually talking about like History Channel. They're talking about like all the prophets and how all these significant people who are making like spiritual claims in history yeah. did so in mountains. In mountains. And like they were talking about the rocks and the mountains are like energy portals or something. And oh, okay. Uh, also, so Ryan was saying that he watched the show and he said all the spiritualists and prophets, they, they, they at one point were in mountains. Okay. And that, you know, there's energy portals and things like that. There's also simply something called Allah chose them to be a prophet. Right. <laughs> okay. So yes, it is true. Adam was in a mountain. Well, I don't think Sayyidina Isa was in a mountain. Uh, Musa was in a mountain. Prophet Muhammad said him went on a mountain, but how many prophets didn't go on a mountain? How many people, okay, here's this. How many people did go on a mountain and were not prophets, right? Or even spiritualists or even anything successful, right? So when we look at these things, you can't just do a, a causation, a correlation and, and match it to a causation. So um, by the way, you know why the, the blue stone is used, right? For hasad, they say. They say that it distracts the eyes of the person to look at the blue stone as opposed to like the baby. That was one of the, philosophies where what would remember what we say about this is that if you can't prove it scientifically with an experiment we're going to downgrade this we're going to completely downgrade it to something that you think has an impact but you can't prove that has an impact therefore how much emphasis are you going to put on it i don't like putting emphasis on something that uh i'm not certain about i i enjoy certainty i love certainty right that's why i love uh, dhikr and the, and the dua of the quran this is guaranteed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not, you know, from, from some fad. Yeah, exactly. And, and and anything that is, you know the store East meets West? You know the store? East meets West. It's a, it's, it's a hippie store. It's a shirki. If they're selling it, I don't want anything to do with it. They sell you every type of fad that's out there. Crystals stones bracelets that's going to be good for your you know your arthritis okay there's no way to actually prove even if it works for you you don't know if it was the bracelet or something else you don't know if it was a placebo effect right so i'm not a fan of uncertainty and i'm not saying that there's impossible for anything to be true these things could possibly be have some degree of truth but we'll never know unless someone does some kind of experiment for it okay when Allah says this, it means don't put yourself, don't uh, you know, put your weight on something that's not certain. Have certainty when you do things. Okay, so that's what uh, that's per personally what I'm all about. And do stones have an impact your mood? I would say that there are physical things that could impact your mood. What's the proof of that? The Prophet said, if you're feeling down, drink something hot and sweet, uh, warm and sweet. Where is I have a hadith for this, right? Hot, creamy, and sweet. So what is the prophet saying here? Yeah, there is a degree to which something external can impact your mood. I think the whole coffee industry is based upon that reality. 
something sweet and something caffeinated, it does have an impact on you. But I would say greater thing that has impact on your moods is the, the thoughts that you, in, you inject into your own head, right? That's something you have with you at all times and it's free. The thoughts that you put in your own head and the Im image that you create in your own head. That's why uh, everyone has to have a goal. If you have to have a goal in life, that's a reason for you to wake up in the morning. It's more important than trying to, to get a shortcut through a rock or a stone or something like that. All right, Ryan, you're up. Well, I just want to open up a can of worms because mm -hmm. sometimes I like doing that. Sure. Um, Ryan's about to open up a can of worms, folks. What is it? <laughs> what What's the deal with people being addicted to coffee in our Sharia? What is the deal with people being addicted to coffee in our Sharia? I think one of the best logic behind it is this. Listen, we don't look at, we don't drink wine. We don't take riba. We don't smoke. We don't look at pornography. So give me one little pleasure that I can have. Don't take this one away either, right? Now, I'll tell you what's annoying about it, though, is when it becomes like Aibad, almost like it's got to have this type of thing, and it's $50, right? And then it's just like like you're on like an airplane, and you got like a little French press and a traveler's kit, and it's like it's sort of ridiculous at some point, right? So I say about it, I get my one life pleasure. When I fast, I fast from it, right? Halas, it's not, I'm not going to slave to it, but that's the maximum it should be. It's a halal pleasure that people take. There's a lot of other things are haram. So I'm not going to get on their back for that, but I will get on the back of the, uh, this idea that becomes like an elite snobby thing, right? That, and that's not, I wouldn't even say it's haram, like, because it's subjective, right? It's just how you make people feel about it or like, you're like so much emphasis and money's put on this thing. Uh, so at that m maximum, that would be like a discouraged thing. That's it. Next question. What if someone wanted to like memorize like a couple edges? Uh, so they just went on a coffee binge. You, you're taking a coffee binge to memorize the Quran. Why not? He was memorizing the Quran, leave him alone. He's not doing khamr. Uh, Marmi says, any general advice on knowing it's time to pursue knowledge if someone is working full-time right now? It is always time to pursue knowledge. And pursuing knowledge does not mean it has to be full-time or part-time. It could be one hour a day. It could be 20 minutes a day. It could be one hour a week. But you have a curriculum. You've decided who your teachers are going to be, and you stick with that curriculum. Sheikh Two Murad, more questions, yeah. Sheikh Murad told me a story one time about a guy um, who was 40 years old, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm too old to start seeking knowledge. And then when he turned 50, he was like, I could have used this last 10 years. I know. He's like, so I'm just not going to do it. Oh, and my when he's gosh. 60, yeah. Yeah. SubhanAllah, so Shaitan tricked him. There were, there were shiuch we have that started their journey of knowledge past the age of 40. And one such sheikh, he was a sheikh, he's a big sheikh, um, from the olden days, ancient times. He came from the countryside of Egypt. And he saw a preacher, a young preacher speaking. He was so well. He said, where did he learn? They said, Azhar. He said, I'm going to go to Azhar. They, they laughed at him. He said, you're too old. He was illiterate at the age of 50. Illiterate. He went there and he asked, where's Masjid Al-Azhar? He didn't even pronounce it right, right? And they said, you mean Al-Azhar? He said, yeah, yeah, where is that place? He got there. He studied 20 years from 50 to 70. 70, he became a sheikh. And he, he elevated himself to the point that he was one of the big shiuch of Azhar by 80. Right? So there's no limit to this thing. Let's take two more questions. One from me and one from Ryan. For, for, from me. All right, let's actually look at see which ones of these are not repeated. In the meantime, Ryan, you can give me your question. 
No, we got to end it up on my brother, Sohei Bawan. Okay. He said, is there a healing property to Zemzem water? Is there a healing property to Zemzem water? 100% there is. Um, Marmy says, I have a, uh, I have a, a, a mug with a cartoon cat face on it in the shape of a cat. We would say that if it's not something that's, that's um, 3D, three-dimensional, and it's a complete figure, then it's not haram. If it's a complete figure, or it's partially, if it's only one of those two qualities, then it's makru. So the tahrim is if it's a complete creature, and it's three-dimensional, like a, a, a statue, basically. That's what's haram. If it's merely one of those two qualities, it's makru. If it's neither of those two qualities, then it's halal. That's the ruling on the statues. And lastly, Sensen says, please do a session on new age spiritual energy. This is going to be a, a blast. It's going to be basically be a sledgehammer session. Okay. Knowledge on chakras are becoming a real thing. I got to learn then. My Muslim friends are really falling for it. I'm going to learn and figure out and then bring the sledgehammer to all this stuff. Lata'if? I asked if chakras are lata'if. The person didn't know. Yeah. All right, let's stop here because we got to run. Jazakumullah khairan, everyone. This was a really nice uh, open QA, and that's what Monday is going to be. Open QA on Mondays, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have our own specific themes. There's going to be QA, but specific to that theme. Jazakumullah khairan, everyone. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Walasr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-ladhina amanu amilu salihat. Wa tawasubu al-haq. Wa tawasubu al-sabr. as